Amen. So um, I thought we talked a little bit today about divine protection and the fact that we are an invincible church. We are, amen, we are the invincible bride. Invincible means that you cannot be conquered. You're unconquerable. And uh, we we can walk in that truth, walk in that knowledge because of what we commonly refer to as divine protection. And so we're going to talk about divine protection and how to stay in it and really talk about the difference between discernment and superstition because I think as we understand, amen, the the things that God is, is giving us to stay under the shadow of the Almighty, you have to have a clear vision for what God is saying, sort out what's um, what's of the soul and of the flesh and stay with the things that are of the spirit and not move unless the spirit moves you uh, to say and do what you're saying and doing and that's how you stay in the right place you stay um, protected and, and as you make the decisions based on what on God's leading then you walk in the realm of what we call divine protection and there is a ton of it in the word of God. Uh, there's no reason why a child of God should be concerned about, uh, well, uh, you know, um, um, I had an accident and I wonder why that happened to me and I'm supposed to be a child of God. And you know how sometimes your mind will wander. You know, that, that book they wrote years ago, when, when bad things happen to good people, you know, even people in the world are concerned about why things happen that are aren't what you plan for and aren't what you desire Uh, sometimes there's a desire even on people to try and keep difficulty from them now I'm not a person that uses their faith for bad things don't get me wrong I use my faith for the word of God but there is scripture to support the fact that in the world you will have tribulation or trouble or difficulties you're just like everybody else but Jesus said be of good cheer what differentiates us from the sinner is we overcome amen the sinner gets taken down by his trouble but we overcome the sinner has to make up uh, a remedy for his trouble but we overcome and so we overcome because we walk in the realm of light and we walk in the light of God's word so we will talk about the fact that we are invincible and I like that uh, word because uh, every time I look at our poster with the sword on it I think "Mm, that's our weapon the word of God and we are invincible amen we are we cannot be conquered and so divine protection is for us Uh, the Lord has invested dominion on the earth into the church so we have power down here on earth Jesus commands from heaven we work as one we work together with God and so Jesus is the head of the church he doesn't need a replacement he doesn't need somebody sitting on his shoulder uh, telling him what to do he doesn't need our organizations and our um, associations and affiliations and our structures and our hierarchies and our bishops and schmishops and you know schmaltzes and all that kind of stuff he really doesn't need any of that to get his work done If that helps you, you know, and that's good with God, then let it flow. But so often uh, it's an obstacle to what God wants to do. Uh, People who get 
connected with uh, denominational ties sometimes will tell you well you know God's telling me to do this but my overseer says yeah you know you know what I'm saying and I'm not against people uh, being accountable to one another but everybody should be accountable in God and so when you have oversight it's a wonderful thing as long as the overseer is connected in in a strong way with the will of God because if, if you have to give in to that you're going to find yourself missing the great thing that God has for you uh, because you're too connected with man. Now that didn't have anything to do with what I was getting ready to talk about but that was free. For whoever that was for that was free. So God has great desire to protect us. He really really does. Uh, Zechariah 2.8 if you'll go there and it's Zechariah Z-E-C and I had the wrong one. Zephaniah comes first. I'll tell you that right now. And then Zechariah in chapter 2. Hope I got the right scripture. Verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory he has sent me to the nations, okay, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations. So what he is saying here, um, he sends us for his glory. And he says the nations which spoiled you. So God is vindicating Israel here. He says for he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. Whoever touches you as a child of God. Whoever touches you as a believer touches the apple of God's eye. Now that word apple also means pupil of his eye now I was I was when I was much younger I was one of the first people I knew to wear what they call contact lenses hard contact lenses and people who think the soft ones are a pain if you had to get used to them other ones they you couldn't do anything you sat there and you stared with your eyes wide open and you waited for the clock to say it was a half hour you could take them out why? Because your eye had to adjust to something foreign being in it. The hardest part was making yourself let your finger touch the pupil of your eye. There's an automatic reflex to do that when anything comes close to the pupil. And that's the way God feels about you. Anything that gets, he's quick to respond to us. In other words, a blink from God can dispel the devil from your life. You don't have to struggle with, I know I need deliverance. No, you don't want to be delivered. That's your problem. Because you're already delivered. I mean, come on, if the devil's really trying to touch you, God quickly pushes him away. Bible says if you submit to God... And just say no to the devil. Just resist him. He will run from you. So he's scared of you. Huh? I'm going to say it again. He's scared of you. Huh? He's scared of you. Divine protection then is what we receive from God. We have that from God. Put your full faith and confidence in the fact that God is here to protect you. You know, Christians... We have so many imaginary enemies. Huh? 
You you see it all the time. People uh, wrestle it against flesh and blood. You know, uh, uh, say was you know be around people who celebrate you. Well, you ain't gonna be celebrated all. Who you think you are? You <laughs> come on now. You know, I mean, come on. We we get some goofy ideas about who we are sometimes. We're a persecuted people as well. You you realize that there's somebody who lives in you that the devil hates. And he acts accordingly. Amen. Sometimes it's weak human flesh. Sometimes people are ignorant. Sometimes, But we have to love and forgive people. You can't go around hating people because the devil's using them. Look at what he did when he had your your attention. You understand what I'm saying? We, we all are weak uh, to the deeds of the flesh from time to time. You know, the devil gets you on the rope of dope and you don't know who hit you last and which one said something to you. You're just mad. And you might lash out and strike out at anybody. And so we, we have to realize our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. And it is a wrestling because the devil will attempt to, the Bible even says that when, when the devil tempted Jesus, remember in the wilderness, it said he left it for a season. He picked at him all the time. Jesus would go to church. And the guys in charge of the church wanted to kill him, wanted to throw him off the edge of a cliff. Now, none of you have been that in that situation. But understand that he lives in you. So if they called him a devil and tried to kill him, what do you think people will do with you? If you're walking in the light. Now, if you're walking in the flesh and you try to you know, stay under the radar... More power to you. You won't stay under the radar forever. And so if, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But I'm telling you, you will have trouble in this world. You will have persecution in this world. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. If they hated him, they will hate you. They will hate you. So your, your quest is to so love so God can bring people around you to love you. Man, you won't get any until you start sowing it. Amen. So God will slap the devil for your sake. Won't take him long. You'll just pounce on him. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. Ask God to protect you and even uh, confess that, that you are protected by God. Thank you, Lord, that I dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, where no foe can get me, no devil can find me. I thank you my life is hid with Christ in God, and the devil can't kill me. If he could have killed me, he'd have killed me a long time ago. The fact that I'm alive today means he has no power over my life. Hey, you walk in that. Oh, you think he let you live because he's nice? If he could have killed you, he would have done a long time ago. So that's why you're invincible. You can't be. You can't be conquered. You are invincible. Oftentimes, when trouble comes, our carnal minds will search for reasons why. And this is what you must resist. You must resist the reasons why. The Bible talks about the deception of the devil and the power of the devil as being a snare. If your foot is in a bear trap and your ankle is hurting you, you don't stand up there and try to figure out how your foot got in there. I'm going to say it again. People don't, you know, you sometimes we just don't really put it all together the right way. So we're going to put it together the right way. If your foot is in a steel trap, 
the first thing that comes to your mind is not how did I get in this trap see that's just a stale old religious thought that you try to you, you try to sound like knowledgeable or spiritual when we say those things to ourselves you know another little pet phrase Christians have what door did I open to let the devil in and you know he's able to you opened all of them it's probably just opening your mouth with some of our raggedy confessions that we have it's a good thing God doesn't let everything that we say come to pass you got me so yeah doors doors you know whatever you can think about that if you want to but but there is a fine line sometimes between between superstition and true discernment and true rescue from God and so what you're trying to do when you try to figure out what you did you're trying to avoid trouble well, somebody ought to be following me I don't know what are you trying to do when you say that you're not really trusting God you're trying to do this yourself you think it's like you know remember when you were kids and you didn't want to step on a crack you know what they said about you step on a crack you break your mother's back and so it's the same mental same thing you're trying to undo something that happened in your life that wasn't pleasant for you because you think it's so devastating you don't want it to happen again God probably didn't plan it for you but he has a better way of dealing with these things and that is to cause you to overcome them when they happen God what his plan is for you to overcome not to avoid you couldn't avoid it if you wanted to the minute you start trying to move forward in your cautious little way you're going to mess up and step on something anyhow you understand me because it, in your fear you have no insight into how to walk the correct way to avoid anything one of the things that happens to believers if you get this uh, caution cautious mentality or fear mentality about what to do the right thing to do the wrong thing to do you wind up doing nothing which is what the enemy wants you to do he likes scared Christians he likes Christians who are scared of messing up scared of trouble scared of whatever he hates Christians who are bold and confident in God and have that you know whatever happens kind of attitude I'm stepping out anyway he hates Christians who have that why sit we here until we die attitude let's get up and go do something if we die we die trying to get something if we we not going to sit here and die we going to go forward and die but you have to risk something you have to step out you have to believe you have to be confident in God that he's out there I'd rather believe God to rescue me and step out and do something than to sit and do nothing and be fearful about even going anywhere amen amen Amen. it's a good thing it's a good thing 
All right, now somebody's got to go pull some people out of that kitchen back there. There's too many people missing. Thank you very much. Get them out here. They got all the way down here. Tell them to get out here and hear this word. That's what God sent you here for. Praise the Lord. Miss Brenda's here. She's very capable. She take care of everything back there. Sell them out, Miss Brenda. Hey! Praise the Lord. So anyway, God wants you to understand that you're invincible. Got me? You're invincible. This word won't hurt you. This word is your friend. Amen. You start getting in this word and you start getting it right inside you and you start understanding it. You'll step out and you'll conquer instead of stepping back and not ever getting anywhere. People who get back in the boat after Jesus has bid them to come hmm, will never know what the sink or swim expectation is and that's what you need to know that's what everybody wants to do they want to know if their faith will will get them what it says it will get them and you will never know sitting back wondering sitting back waiting for a good time or a a easy time or a, a, a better time to do something you won't know See, God would rather see you. Listen, when when uh, Jesus, when Peter said, Lord, if that's you. What is Jesus going to say? This ain't me. Huh? Lord, if that's you, let me come out there with you. See, that's a fear talk already. It looks like faith because you would think to yourself, well, if it's not Jesus, I don't want to be out there. Listen, Peter didn't care who that was out there. Uh, He was anxious to do what God, what only Jesus could do. You see that about Peter. He wants the top position. He wants to be the head guy. He wants to be the main homie. He wants to be all of that. And he can only do that if he's doing everything that Jesus does just like he does. It's not a bad thing to want except Peter always wants it in his flesh. If that thing is not ordained for you, don't go after it. But I'm telling you, there's more ordained for us than we ever conquer and we ever receive because we're too scared to get out the boat. And so Peter said, Jesus, Lord, if that's you, let me come out there. Religious thinking. I only want to do what God wants me to do. No, you don't, Peter. You want to show off in front of everybody like you always do. But even a show-off can operate in supernatural faith to a degree. Anybody's got the Spirit of God in them? When that Spirit begins to perceive the will of God, your Spirit will step out and begin to do things. But if you're more flesh than you are spirit and things that stir up the flesh begin to manifest, your flesh will get distracted by what it sees and your spirit man loses ground and loses the battle and you begin to sink. That's the only thing that happened with Peter. Peter would have many more opportunities to use his supernatural faith though. By the time he got in prison, remember they were, everybody was praying for Peter. He was in jail. And God had told him, Jesus had told him, he said, you know, there, there's going to come a time, prophesied to the disciples before he left. There's going to come a time, Peter, 
He said, right now, you're strong. You can get up and do what you want to do. You go where you want to go anytime you want to. He said, but there will come a time when somebody else will tie you up and you won't be able to go where you, and you won't be able to do what you, you want to do. And Peter thought his days were over. He was already bound and he couldn't go where he wanted to go and he couldn't do what he wanted to do. But God released him from that. So he realized it was not his time. So Peter realized over and over and over again that you'll have more opportunities to use your faith and more opportunities to use your faith and more opportunities to use your faith over and over and over again. And that's what God wants us to know. Just because it didn't work for you the first time you stepped out to do it doesn't mean don't try anymore just because it didn't work out it god would rather he's more pleased with you trying and not making it than than sitting there and not trying at all he's more pleased with somebody who will use their mustard seed faith and get it in the ground and produce a little bit of harvest than somebody who will sit on their seed and not produce not do anything with it at all so he wants us to get out of this fear of mistakes. I don't use the word failure because you're never a failure until you absolutely quit trying to do anything, period. Sometimes we get a Holy Ghost shove out into things to get started. You ever see birds that are teaching their, their young to fly? They'll, they'll get underneath them for a season when that kid is just like when you taught your children. Remember when the training wheels came off? That's what God wants to do with everybody. He wants to take off your training wheels. Before you knew it, that kid was riding that bike without the wheels. Kind of like Peter coming out of the boat. The wheels start to, the training wheels come off and, and before they know it, you know, the little handlebars quit wobbling and they start going straight. The only thing that makes them fall off the bike again is getting excited. Mommy, look what I'm doing. And they turn around and, but they rode that bike without those training wheels. And that's what God wants to do for us. He wants us to ride without the training wheels. He wants us to be courageous. Isn't that what he told Joshua? Be of good courage. Good courage. Good courage. Not false courage. Not weak courage. Not sometime courage. Not courage with your mouth. And when it's time to get up and do something, you just stay there. I mean, a confession is good, but come on now. Faith is an action, folks. Faith gets up and does something with what it believes. And so God is there to protect us. We must understand this. We must. Because if you don't understand the divine safety net, you'll be totally afraid of stepping out to do things. You'll be concerned if it's going to happen or not. You, you need a constant input of God's word in order to stay courageous. He told Joshua that. He said, just obey and observe everything that I say and then you'll make your way prosperous. We're trying to have false courage is what my daddy used to call it. He would call, you know, he's always talking about people he drank because he drank too. He knew all about it. But he would call alcohol false courage. Huh? Because you get that in you and you think you can do anything. And there's an alcoholic courage that, that believers get into. Where they start talking a good game and trying to sound like they've got faith. Everything's for show. But then you have no no uh, um, 
nothing, no fruit to show in your life that your big mouth is followed up by any kind of action that produces something. Mm -hmm. No, a confession has to be followed up with with a, a, a supporting action. A corresponding action. Something that corresponds to your faith. God always follows his word up with action. And he wants his kids to do the same thing. But we can't do it if we're fearful. We can't do it if we're faint hearted. We can't do it if we're not focused on God 100%. As you focus on him as the source of your strength. As the source of direction. As the source of everything that you need. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. You definitely will. So when trouble comes, the, the carnal mind, we said, searches for the source of it. It asks why. And I said that's against what a natural person would even do. You know, you don't ask why uh, this has happened to you. Uh, you know, that's not the right thing to do. What you want is you want out of your trouble. Well, religion makes us think that God only is with us if we do everything right. Well, they got quiet. That's good. But the Bible also says he's a very present help in trouble. So he's right there in your trouble. He knows what caused your trouble. He knew what you, what door you opened again. He knows all of that. Why do you think he doesn't tell you when you start asking goofy questions like that? Hmm? Because that part of it is irrelevant, immaterial, and out of order, Judge. I'm going to say it again. What you did to get there, how you messed up and got there, is irrelevant, immaterial, and out of order. Because deep down you know what you did. Huh? Or what you didn't do. But now is not the time for that conversation. Now is the time for the conversation that's going to give you faith to get out of it. And so you plead your case before the throne of God. God, if I did something wrong, I'm sorry. I don't know how I wound up in this mess right here. But I'm asking you to come and help me and get me out of it. That's all God ever wants to hear from you. And so that's why you can be courageous. Because he's not going to catch you. See you caught in a snare and then give you a lecture about what you shouldn't have done. That's bad parenting. I know we've all had it. I know we've all done it. But it's bad parenting. You get your kid out of trouble first. You know, if you're going to help them. <laughs> if it comes a mortgage in the house, you might have to let them stay in there for a little bit. Huh? <laughs> you just might have to let them stay in there for a little bit. And pray. You understand what I'm saying? Orange is the new black anyway. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wear this <laughs> crazy stuff. Whatever. <laughs> but we don't need to ask those questions. In 2 Corinthians 2, 11, it tells you we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. You know who the author of that trouble for you is. God's not trying to get you in trouble. He's trying to help you. So the devil has laid a snare from you for you some way and and without knowing it you stepped into it. Sometimes people can be doing their best and get in their worst trouble. Hmm? 
God wants you to know that trouble does not separate you from him. Huh? Trouble draws you closer to him. See, I'm trying to get us out of this mindset of trying to figure out things that have no relevance in your situation or your life. See, it's not even relevant how these things happen. It's like, you know, tripping over a, a something, stumbling over something in the dark and then wondering who left it there. Well, that has nothing to do with anything. You know what I'm saying? And, and if it's you, you're going to leave it there again. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, it's just it's a part of what happens. And so if people can divorce themselves from trying to investigate who left it, how to get here, all the irrelevant things to your situation, just leave that stuff alone. And focus on being led by the Spirit of God. Get, when, when you get out of that, that trouble or that snare, get yourself straightened out and start working for God again. Get up. If you fell off the horse, don't lay there on the ground and let 15 horses trample you coming, coming on top of you. Get up off the ground and dust yourself off and get back up on the horse again. You know, we, we think we're being spiritual when we, oh, I just feel bad about that. I never should have done it. Get up. <laughs> Quit whining. <laughs> Get up and go do something. I don't care if you mess up again, but go do something. That, that's not what God wants us to do. You think he feels better because we feel bad? You don't feel bad most of the time anyway. should be feeling better than you're feeling. Well, somebody heard me. Jesus shed his blood so that you could have abundant life. You could have joy. You could have contentment and peace. He didn't die so you could sit up and make one mistake and want to feel bad. You think that God's going to forgive you more because you feel bad about it for six weeks. You can't. You're not in the spirit of God sitting up. Beating up yourself because of something. You're going to do it again. You keep beating yourself up. You're going to be a, a ripe package for the devil to put something else stupid on you. Now, he'll convince you if eventually in your self-pity and you're beating yourself up. He will convince you that you don't do anything right. Keep messing around with him. Huh? Young people get involved with the wrong people. I know I shouldn't be around them. Keep going back again. You're going to be one of them pretty soon. The devil get get a child of God on his turf, man. He works you over triple time. That's all he wants, a little trophy so he can whoop you up some. Huh? The Bible says when you sin, you have an advocate with the father. Go to your lawyer confess it and tell Jesus I'm sorry you know help me I don't even know how I got over in here but I tell you one thing you help me out and we'll get this straightened out (laughs) you know what usually he'll just put you on your feet and let you keep running then he'll show you you know in a picture or somebody else's life somewhere way down the road how you got there but his most important thing he wants to do is teach you the right way See, if, if he teaches us the right way, the wrong way won't be a factor. 
Well, some people believe it. I don't know. I don't know if y'all like beating yourselves up or what you like, but let us move on so we can know who we are. We have divine protection, which means that the devil doesn't do half of what he wants to do to you. So the word says we're not ignorant of his devices, but we cannot stop trouble. We're going to have our share of it. Why? Because James says he counted all joy when you find. Why? Because this is good for the testing of your faith. Well, I, I got faith. I don't know. Yeah, now you, you wait. Now wait a minute. Now you talking about faith? Now, well, we gonna know what you got, and you gonna know what you got because it's gonna be put to the test, huh? Let me ask you this. If General Motors decided that they were going to quit testing their automobiles before they put them out and let you buy them, what would you do? You'd go buy something that's tested. Huh? you go buy something that's tested. It's the same thing with your faith. If your faith never gets tested, you don't know what it can do. You just run around here bragging and thinking you got faith and you got this and you got that. Many people think because they don't have difficulty, they got more faith than the person sitting next to them. Your number just hasn't been pulled yet. Your number will get pulled and we'll see exactly what you believe. So our, our faith is being tested to see if we will stand on what we say we believe or if we'll doubt and shrink back from it and start wondering how did we get into this what's happening how did this happen are we going to stand or are we going to doubt and wonder if we try to figure out why bad things happen to the righteous we are not dealing in truth you want to deal in truth the truth is God still wants you to be successful he still has good things planned for you he's still going to use you you still are healed you still are delivered you still are everything when you deal in truth you won't keep wondering about why things happen because you'll begin to expect good see when you wonder why things happen already your mind's expecting bad more bad to happen to you you don't tell anybody. You just come in here with your quick little faith confession like you, you know, walking on air or something. Mm-hmm. So you need to start dealing in truth. You need to start dealing in what God says about you. What he's going to do for you. How's he positioned you in the earth? What has he called you to do? Get about doing that. As long as you're sitting in a penalty box and wondering, well, uh, uh, I had uh, three three. Uh, accidents in one week I wonder why that happened well do you have insurance number one did you get hurt can you just move on now well you know God caused that to happen because I got a new car on it no when you need a new car he'll buy you a new car he don't have to have you banged up and You know, this stuff This stuff we do with our heads, folks, we got to quit thinking like that. I don't know, you know, what it is going on, but this has to stop. Because if your mind is renewed in the Word of God, you look at that accident and say, praise God that it wasn't worse. I'm still alive. Devil, you didn't kill me. You can't kill me. 
you got that close, but you didn't kill me. Now, just between me and you, I likes my devils at a distance. Just saying. But if they get close, I have an advocate with the Father. I still have protection. He's not going to kill me. He's not going to maim me. You got Jesus going to bat on your behalf all the time. He says, he tells, he tells her, hey, get down there. They're touching the apple. Hey, get down there to touching the apple of my eye. You have to accept that this world will give you trouble, but at the same time you accept divine protection. You don't say trouble and just think about that, but I'm protected by God. It, it's a package deal. Protection comes with the trouble. You don't get in trouble and then decide if, if you've been nice enough to everybody for God to get you out. That won't happen either. You'll be nice to people because they ain't nice to you back. You get mad at them and we'll cuss them all out anyway. <laughs> so much for earning everything. <laughs> We get in trouble, we try to defend ourselves. Huh? They ask them questions, what did I do wrong? Huh? That's one of them follow the yellow brick road questions. Huh? Don't ask that. Really, please. You know, because that'll put you in Oz. You know, you go off to see the wizard. <laughs> and people follow that. They'll follow it a year. They'll follow it for two years trying to figure out how did this happen to me? What did you. Hmm? What you're really trying to do is what uh, is defined as divination. And that is trying to look at your past and what has happened and foretell your future that way. Then it's witchcraft. You better trust God, folks. You better make up your mind that you don't care how you got in that spot. Thank God I'm out. It's not important how. Because in you're trying to avoid trouble, you're going to back into more trouble. Trust me. That's what the devil wants. That's what divination does. So that it gets you trapped up in this mindset of there is something that I can do to override the word of God. Because the word of God says in this world you will have your certain amount of trouble. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come against you. You're a persecuted person because of Jesus Christ living in you. Because the church has always been persecuted. Holiness has always been persecuted. Let me tell you something about the power that we have as believers. The Bible says that Noah... They said, prepared an ark to the saving of his household. All he was doing was what you and I do. Minding your business, praying for all them renegades, outlaws, in-laws, malefactors, miscreants, and all of them in your family to get saved. That's all he was doing. And God told him to build an ark because everything then was done in the natural. He's building his ark. People see you building your ark. You go to church every Sunday. You go to prayer. And they see you living right. You're not running out on Saturday, Friday night and and coming in at at daybreak in the morning trying to make everybody think you slept in the house all night. 
I'm taking a drink of water anyway. I'm thinking about y'all. You're building your ark. You're doing it because God told you. I want these people saved. Hell is coming quickly for some of them. I want you to pray. You devote your life to me and I will save them. The Bible says by doing that because God told him to. He did it by faith. When God tells you to do something and you say yes Lord and you commit to doing it. When you obey God by faith. The Bible says he passed judgment on the whole world with his faith. One person. Everybody in the world died except him and his family. Why? His faith passed judgment on their unbelief. Do you know when you get up and you do one thing for God by faith, it's condemning somebody around you. That's why people pick at you. That's why they and quit trying to be friends with everybody and get everybody to smile and, and all this kind of stuff. Stop that craziness. Just go about building your ark and continue to build your ark because you live in a realm of divine protection. God doesn't care how many people get past judgment on. He didn't care if they don't like you or not. God knows how to deal with people. He's working something out for you for them when they don't like you. The Bible says God fights people who fight you. That's sometimes that's the only way some of them will have contact with God. They got all kind of outlaws in their family and nobody saved in their household, yet they hate Christians and God gets involved with them. And pretty soon you see them getting convicted and coming in and confessing Christ. That's how they get saved. So let us not get real upset and excited when something happens to us like we're going to try to avoid trouble. We're going to try to live our life. Oh, I know if I live so righteous and holy and such and such and such, nothing bad will ever happen to me. No, you'll overcome it. You're guaranteed to overcome. That's your guarantee. You're going to overcome it, okay? But you're going to get your your hands dirty. The devil's going to have people want to spit in your face. You're going to have difficulty on your job with people that you're trying desperately to please. They ain't going to like you no matter what you do. It's just part, a part of what happens to us. But when we sin, we have an advocate. So don't get ex- excited about your do-wrongs. In the words of Mr. Spike Lee, do the right thing. If you know to do right, do it. If you don't know to do right, repent. But stay in the game so God can can help you to overcome these things. Overcoming is better than avoiding. And God knows it and you know it. Because if you avoid everything, you will forever be fearful and you will never know what it feels like to get victory over things that used to give you trouble. You got to know what that's like. Jesus wants us to have the same feeling he had after he was crucified and the father raised him up right in the midst of hell and the devil and everybody down there saw him walk through the corridors of hell and take the shackles and chains off all the saints that were down there. He led captivity captive. In other words, the hunter gets captured by the game. For all you players out there. Ex-players, redeemed players, whatever y'all call it. <laughs> I'm trying to reach your people, Father. 
You need to know that, that when you're forgiven, you're cleansed. Your soul is cleansed from dead works. You're cleansed. Don't forget about the cleansing. Some people focus on feeling bad for what they do wrong. You need to focus on cleansing so that your mind won't be thinking dead works all the time. What did I do wrong? I don't want to do wrong anymore. How come I always do wrong? How come I get caught? <laughs> Psalm one twelve seven tells us we that the righteous. Let me go to it. It's it's about righteousness and how what effect that has on your being. You don't fear. You don't fear bad news. Psalm one twelve seven. It says. <clears throat> In verse 5, a good man shows favor and lens. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings or bad news. When you go to the hospital, expect good news. I don't go unless I, you know, they can't tell me nothing. God can't tell me anyway. But you know what I'm saying. If that's where you got to go. It says his heart is fixed, trusting in God. I see a woman uh, online on Facebook. Um, some of you know her. You know Polly Ely? Most of you, you know the Ely's, don't you? Or do you? James and Polly Ely, they're pastors. They live over on the west, like in the Farmington area. Polly was in charge of Women's Aglow Fellowships for years. I remember years ago when I was living in Detroit, and this has been like 15 years ago, and she and I had been praying, and she kept saying, well, they tell me i got to have heart surgery. And she said, but I don't want it. I said, that's good enough, that's a good enough place for God to start with you. Just for you saying you don't want the surgery. You want divine health it's because that's the only option for you as a believer. And so we would share the word and things like that. And, and her daughters were really concerned. She's got five beautiful daughters. I think it's five girls in that family. And one of them called me, and she said, could you come to the hospital? They're getting ready to take my mom down for you know one of the scans or you know catheterizations or whatever they do when I got to the whole the hospital now don't take this as a blanket for everything when I got to the hospital I couldn't go up to see her because the computers had shut down the elevator said the elevators don't work when this happens we can't give you any visitors passes or anything like that I didn't know what room she was in and so I started praying the Holy Ghost I said well Lord don't let the devil kill her I mean come on now we just praying for you understand what I'm saying we're trying to get this done and and as I when I finally got up there as I walked past her they were wheeling her out and I was walking up to her room and I touched her and I laid hands on her and I covered her with this scripture and I said your heart is fixed there's nothing wrong with your heart in Jesus name while she was gone down for the procedure her daughter and I wrote that scripture out we put it all over that room she had we had pieces of paper and they they used to have a little board you know little that the nurses can use we put that scripture all over everything she came back up and she said they said they can't find whatever it is they saw before they don't see it now she stayed focused on that scripture and that woman today is healed and I know that's been over 16 years ago healthy 
I was talking to her daughter on Facebook and she said I thank God for my mother she they said she was going to die years ago and she's still here and so I hear I said how's my Polly doing and you know we chatted a little bit about that but that's the power of God folks that's that's what he means your heart is fixed there's nothing wrong with your heart You know, people will come up and in, in for prayer sometimes, and, and they'll have a pain in their chest, and they'll say, my heart is hurt. And I say, how do you know that's your heart? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So now tell the truth. It's a chest pain, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, honey, it ain't your heart. And you understand what I'm saying? It's easy to think the worst. It's easy to think the worst. And so when in your thinking you have to be careful not to put one and one together and come up with 44. Got me? Because the devil will always add more to your trouble if he can. So you will not fear bad news. And that's what divination wants you to do. Fear bad news. You'd be so scared to get up and do anything that God tells you to do. You're scared you're going to mess it up like the last time. Suppose you do it right this time and shock yourself and shock the devil. And the one thing I like about God, if you don't get it right this time, you get a do-over. And another do-over. And another do-over. And another do-over. God does not want you to live your life in fear of any kind. Most people are so afraid they don't even know it's fear anymore. It's like your constant companion. The only fear you're allowed to have is the reverential fear of the Lord. Which trusts him to rescue you and restore you. The fear of the Lord is where you trust him to rescue and restore you. So you shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? You're protected. You have divine protection. Your heart is fixed because you trust in God. Your heart's not wandering around trying to find something to trust in. It's fixed trusting in God. It's set there. God is your present and your future. Your past is to be forgotten. You cannot go back and undo anything that's been done. Quit doing it. People who do that don't have never experienced the real power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse their walk every day. Because you're still trying to make what's wrong right. Well, anyway. You can't fight with your mind in the past. Your mind has to be in the now. And in a vision for the future. The minute you start trying to go forward. And you start thinking about that fear. What you did wrong. Or how this messed up. And all this kind of stuff. You won't go forward. That's why God puts a blood eraser on your sins, your weaknesses, your faults, your failures, your misgivings. Now, I don't like to mess up any more than anybody else, but there's nothing we can do about that. If we could do everything right, we'd do it. So that's not the remedy for it. The remedy for mistakes is confession, cleansing, and walking in the newness of life. Just walk on like you never did anything wrong. You can't show any fear of the devil. Hmm? Never. Deuteronomy 20 verse 8. If you're going to be the invincible bride, you're the invincible church. You can't have any fear if you're going to be invited to this party with God. This ain't a party for scaredy cats. People always hanging their head down and... (laughs) 
<laughs> get real look up your redemption is drawn coming towards you if you look up you'll see the redeemer coming like Job did Deuteronomy 20 verse 8 and the officer shall speak further unto the people and when they say what man is there among you that's fearful and faint hearted go home you ain't invited to the party we don't want you talking that fear and talking to everybody else go home you're not invited go home and get sick of sitting at home until you get some courage he said let him go and return into his house lest his brothers so fear is contagious that's why God doesn't allow it on warriors that's the first thing they when, when you're in the military that's the first thing they get rid of on you is fear fear talk all of that stuff has got to go nervousness agitation always checking to see who's doing this and checking to see who's doing that it's got to stop folks we can't afford to do that courageous overcoming people don't get bound up in that stuff your mind's still entangled fear always talks of the circumstances faith talks of the answer Faith trusts that God is doing his job defending us no matter what goes on in the natural. I don't care what you see. I don't care what they stole next, what they're doing now, what they're running off with. God is working. Faith believes that God is working even in those circumstances. What do you do? What do you do when this happens? You hold on to peace. Exodus 14.14 It doesn't mean necessarily hold your peace like don't say anything. I know what people you know. But hold on to peace. Hold on to the peace of God. Don't let go and hold on to something else that's not going to sustain you. You hold on to the peace of God. In Exodus 14.14 says the Lord shall fight for you and you will hold on to your peace. You will hold your peace. You will grab on to peace and don't get into strife. Don't get into fear. Don't get into wondering what you should do. Don't get into anything that you can do. You stay out of it and let God handle it. So don't get into strife, fear or doubt. Don't move. The devil wants you to move off of your position and off of your stand. If he can move you, he can have what you're standing for. I'm going to say it again. If he can move you, he can have what you're standing for. You just let him have it. So resisting the devil is the way out. He wants to try, you know, the the person who wants to try and prevent trouble will eventually fall into the devil's hands. Hmm? Instead of trusting the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit's leading you, even if you get into some trouble, he can work it out for your good. If you let go of God and you get into trouble, you call on him and he will come and rescue you. You understand me? So either way, trouble is God's business. If you if you will trust him no matter what happens, he will get you out of it. Lead you into the promise. 
What happens if it goes on for a long time? Well, he'll come for you in a long time. You understand me? You'll find out what you really have been afraid of is nothing at all. Everybody wants everything quick, fast, and in a hurry. Oh, I don't want to suffer none. I just never. The Bible says he knows how to deliver the righteous out of trouble. You don't think he knows when you done? You ain't done till long after you think you done. Uh, anybody ever cook ribs or something that takes a while? My older sister, I'm going to talk about my older sister, Aunt Dewey's. She'll go in that oven every 10 minutes looking at something. Knows it takes two hours. Why don't you go take a nap? Why don't you go drive around the block? Why don't you? She'll go and stick a fork and pick at it. Doesn't she, Gigi? I mean, just sit there and you just look at her and you want to get the restraints and the Demerol and the Valium. You know, I'm a nurse from way back. I got some stuff that'll help people sometime when, when they like that. I mean, if you can't let a turkey cook in an oven... But that's the way many of us are. When we're in a little bit of hot water, huh? a little bit of discomfort, can't take it, huh? we find out we, we're stronger than we think we are. We're more resilient than we ever believed we are. People are talking about this movie that's out now. Is it Unbroken? Is that the name of it? About this man is suffering. And this man has suffered a horrendous per- I haven't seen it yet but he suffered horrendous persecution and he gets applauded for it but but what's going to happen in your day if you can't take a little bit of somebody don't like you look at you funny I wonder what they looking at me funny for because you look funny okay does that answer your question let's move on to the you understand what I'm saying this kind of stuff bothers people forever some people never get over what other people, they think other people think about them by how they look. Quit looking at people. If it messes your head up like that, just stop it. You understand what I'm saying? But this is, you know, our souls. We have to be renewed in our minds, folks. You can't be afraid of difficulty. You can't be afraid of trouble. You can't be afraid of evil tidings. You can't be afraid. You've got to call on God and know he's there to help you. You have divine protection. You have divine protection. You know, all of the things that we want to know. Whether the devil attack is, is attacking me. That means, you know, I've heard people add such foolish, uh, you know, <laughs> number one, oftentimes it ain't the devil, it's your mess up somewhere. <laughs> you know, oh, the devil's attacking. That means I'm going to get something real good from God. And it never comes. God doesn't need the devil. Is is the devil God's messenger now all of a sudden for your blessing? Come on now. Let's stop this. It's nothing but a divination spirit has made you put that together like that. And many of you believe it. You understand what I'm saying? You you think that when the devil fights you real hard, it's because I'm so anointed. Well, if he's so anointed, how come you don't stop him from doing that? See, anointing destroys the yoke. And see, that's exactly what it does. It immobilizes the believer into watching darkness and watching the things that the devil does instead of watching for the word of God. 
Then you get caught up in this follow the yellow brick road. Follow the follow the follow the follow. And then you off to see the wizard. With your little bibbity bobbity boo. See you can't undo anything wrong that you've done. The blood of Jesus was shed just for people like you. See what we're trying to do is acquit ourselves. We're trying to be innocent. Trying to be right. Trying to be above reproach. We're trying to be better than everybody else. You better find out where you live. Hmm? You need to locate yourself. Huh? I'm a believer trying to get along like everybody else. I'm going through this dark world with the little bit of light that I have looking for some more light. I'm trying to do the best I can for God right where I am. And keep yourself in the light. Get out of darkness. Dark thinking. Dark understanding. Dark answers. The difference between discernment and that's what you want. You want divine discernment in situations. You need divine discernment because you need to get a word from God. You don't want to get figured out yourself and come up with a, a witchcraft answer. Hmm? Divine discernment, number one, pulls its wisdom from above where God is. Divination pulls its wisdom from beneath and from the earth. So in divination you, you add up what you see in the natural and you come to your conclusion. Uh-huh. Number two, discernment, divine discernment, the Holy Spirit is the source. And divination, the natural or the dark supernatural is the source. So you'll come up with the wrong answer. Divine discernment is faith driven. Divination is fear driven. You get scared when you mess up. We all do. But be of good cheer. He's overcome even your fear. Hmm? See you can't go back and undo anything. You know somebody. You know boots you out of your job. Or evicts you from your house. Or whatever you get kicked out of. Notice Jesus got kicked out of stuff too. You understand what I'm saying? He understands when people get kicked out of stuff. huh? Now, yeah, you should have paid your house note. You wouldn't be out on the street. You should have, you know, done what the, the boss told you. You thought he was playing, which he wasn't playing. So he's still the boss. So anybody can, can get deceived and get overtaken and get caught in a fault, in a trap. What people do when they're, they're in this dark mindset is they try to convince themselves that they weren't as wrong as they were. Amen. That's important to people. I was wrong, but everybody else in the in office did that too. Or I didn't do that right. Uh, no, I didn't come on time, but when I came, I was working. Amen. <laughs> or they just don't like me. Or they don't like me because I'm a Christian. Well, if if you're such a Christian, how come you get fired all the time and then people keep their jobs? Why are you booted out? You think that's that's really the payoff for serving God is to be without something? 
No, if you're an overcomer and you're a victorious person, you should be able to get forgiven for your your sins and your faults and keep your job and and excel and prosper where you are. You get fired because you're a Christian. You get fired because you're fireable. Huh? I don't care if y'all don't like me. I'm going to go in my office and slam that door and not talk to nobody else until it's time for me to get out of here. I don't care. But we are not taking this yada into 2015 with us. You stop this at the door right now. Let's cut this nonsense out. These are elementary principles of living for God to get under the blood. When you sin, you have an advocate. You need to act like it. You say it, but you don't act like it. You act like you have anybody going to bat for you. God warned you over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit tells you, you know, quit running your mouth with the girls in the office at the job. All that kind of stuff. You stay up in there. You want to know what the problem is? I'll tell you what the problem is. But it's not important. What's important, that's irrelevant, immaterial, and out of order in the court of God. What's important is you get yourself straightened out and go back out there and fight again. But don't waste your time trying to convince yourself you don't do anything wrong. Let's get real here. What, what you do every morning, you get up and pinch yourself. Is that flesh there? Then you're capable of doing something wrong. You're capable of a great mess up today. Only the mercy of God keeps you going. Oh, mercy? Really? I thought I did everything. No, you don't do everything right. It's his mercy that keeps you going. His mercy causes your rightness if you do anything right. Where was I? I was in my list. Divine discernment. We said it's faith driven. Divination is fear driven. Divine discernment empowers you. Discern, uh, div- divination weakens you. Trying to undo your past and always talking about what you do right and you never do anything wrong. And you have no fruit to prove it. Come on now. Just get it. Don't get it twisted. Get it straightened out now. That weakens you. Divine discernment is blood bought. Nothing higher. It's very precious. There's nothing higher than that. Divination fights and argues with the blood. Puts up a strong fight. Blood of Jesus is trying to tell you, man, I'm for you. Just repent and let's get this straightened out. I'll cleanse your, your mind from these dead works. You won't have to keep trying to figure out what you did wrong and who was wrong and who was right and all that stuff. And you keep fighting with the blood of Jesus because it's still important for you to be right. You'll never win that fight. That's why you keep fighting it. You know, the blood just looks at you and says, well, he'll get tired of it one day maybe he'll just drop the subject Mm -hmm. divine discernment the end result is holiness and power that's what you want the end result of divination is superstition and witchcraft you'll be a superstitious person trying to figure out how to avoid breaking your mother's back step on a crack you won't be bold 
You won't be victorious. You won't be invincible. You'll be scared of everything. But you talk a good game. When you believe in divine protection. The devil has no influence on your thinking. That is your defense. You know God will come. You know he will come. You know he will come to bat for you. Why? Because you're under the blood. You're, you're not trying to be your own defense. You're not trying to be so good and so right that you don't get in any kind of trouble. You, the blood becomes your defense. You let that speak for you. Let Jacob said, he said, my righteousness will speak for me. Huh? Jacob of all people? Come on. Right? Just give me a break. Really? He finally quit trying to make his own way, cheat everybody, fix up everything. One day he just says, "No, I'm done with that. My, let my righteousness talk for me. I'm, I'm gonna. I know God told me to do this. I'm obey God in this, and everybody'll know. That's the place you want to get to. You don't want to keep pumping yourself up, propping yourself up, making the same mistakes. Some things will cause the devil to react, but divine protection causes us to take authority over him. Wow." There's some things you can do. I know we, we and, and this doesn't happen all the time when we travel. When we first travel, we had to get used to the anointing and understand what it meant to have that in your life and on the ministry. We go to a city and demons would hiss at us in the airport and, you know, all kinds of things and, and people, people want to serve you and ignore you for a half hour. You know, you wonder, what did we do wrong? And, and, and these things will happen where you can get understanding of what that anointing will bring in your life. Well, once you understand it, you don't need to be calling for this stuff to happen all and expecting it to happen all the time. My goodness, I want to go to a restaurant and get served some food. I won't sit here and have people treat me funny all the time. And so there are times when it, that anointing will draw fire on its own. You didn't do nothing to nobody. You know, don't sit there and cry and wonder why nobody likes you. Go within so God can help you to understand these things, you know. I can remember we would get we get back to the hotel and laugh about it. You know, God finally got us to understand, but we knew we were protected. They weren't going to do anything to you. There's no fear in this thing, folks. Perfect love casts out fear. When you're perfected and mature in God, it, you know, it just happens that way. And I don't tell stories about what devils do to entertain people either. I just, I could tell you a lot of stuff if we, <laughs> have you heard the one about, you, you know what I'm saying. And I, I'm not saying that to, to pump myself up, you know that. But you know, you, these things happen. They don't mean anything unless God tells you the meaning of them. But this is for all believers, folks. You can stay out of a carnal mindset and a darkened mindset if you will allow divine protection to take over in your life and believe for it. There's much protection. If you submit to God, he, you resist the devil, he's got to flee. The enemy must flee from you seven ways. Vengeance belongs to God so you can resist retaliation against your accusers. When you're serving God, the heathen will rage and a people imagine a vain thing. But he who sits in the heavens is laughing, you laugh with him. 
you can behold their threatenings and ask God to stretch forth his hand to heal and do signs and wonders even when people are threatening you. You can declare that the way of the ungodly will perish and they will fall by their own counsel. The Lord will judge the people. You ask him to judge you according to your integrity that's in you. You don't have to be afraid what God thinks about you. The mischief of all the spiritual forces that persecute you will return upon their own heads. Because you are the apple of his eye and he will hide you under the shadow of his wings. He teaches your hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in your arms. In other words the weapon that you're using to fire with you'll break that. You'll be stronger than the weapons he gives you. You can thank him that you he's already given you the necks of his enemies. He will shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lies against you and cause the tongues of wicked persecutors to cling to the roof of their mouth and stop the pointing of the finger against your servant. He'll stop the, those who point the finger against you without a cause and who hate you. He will stop it. And it's nothing for him to help. You can ask him to help you and save him you according to his mercy and your hands will prosper and prevail against your enemies your persecutors will stumble and fail because your Lord terrifies them he's a terrible one they won't prevail they'll be greatly ashamed they'll never prosper their everlasting confusion will not be forgotten you dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. God will satisfy you with long life. You'll live to be 120. Your eyes won't grow dim and your natural strength won't be abated. No hair of your head will fall to the ground. No weapon that's formed against you will accomplish what it sets out to do. Because you're blessed coming in and going out and you have strength for coming in and going out. That coming in and going out means to war. If the devil fights you every time you go out your house, you go come back in intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. You have power over serpents and scorpions. If you eat any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. And that's all the power of the enemy. Amen. And when you eat in a prophet's house, there's no death in the pot. So y'all don't have to be scared to eat nothing around here. If the enemy comes at you one way, he'll flee seven. One can chase a thousand. Two of us can put ten thousand to flight. The glory of the Lord goes before us. It is our rear guard. Every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, you will condemn. It will be found to be in the wrong. Because others trust in the arm of flesh, but you trust in the living God. Your mercy, God's mercy hovers over us. And quietness and confidence will be your strength. You don't have to boast about who you are. The Lord is your son and your shield, your banner, your healer, your peace, and your great reward. His name is a strong tower. You can run in and you are safe. By his stripes you were healed. You are redeemed from the penalty and curse for your sins by his blood. In other words, get up and demand what's yours. You don't have a penalty for your sin. None of the diseases that he put on the Egyptians will be put on us because he sends his word and heals you. And you walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And you are not condemned, but you walk in joy and in strength. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come up and I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So no fear. No fear. It's not allowed.